Hi, this is Tom Field. I'm Vice President of Editorial with Information Security Media Group. I'm talking about threat intelligence today. I'm talking with Scott Kane, President of Cyvalence. Scott, thanks for joining me today. Thanks. Appreciate it. So, threat intelligence. This is a, a, an old marketplace that suddenly everybody is discovering. Talk with me for just a few minutes about Cyvalence, history of the organization, sure. and the type of intelligence you're providing to your customers and who these customers are. Great. So what we do is we provide threat intelligence to the Fortune 100 primarily uh, in the banking industries and energy and healthcare. And by threat intelligence, what we're talking about is understanding who the actors are, their methods, as well as ultimately when we think these folks are going to come after you. And what we see is typically folks globally will go after you one of three ways. They're coming after customers after their people. So specifically, they're targeting executives with phishing attacks. They're targeting the legal or finance organizations. They tend to fall for a lot of the pranks in terms of how they get in the door. They're targeting the physical assets, so whether it be protest activity or, in some cases, some type of destruction of a physical location of a retail store or a a transformer place for for energy. Um, And then finally, they're going after their online assets, and they're doing it one of two ways. They're trying to take folks down, whether it be DDoS attacks or some type of malicious attack that's going to impact your ability to conduct business online, or they're actually trying to obtain your intellectual property. And what we do is what we're surveying is the open source intelligence community. We look at social media, we look at IRCs, we look at blogs, we're looking at content which is accessible and ultimately categorized as open source, and we're scanning all that information real time and then determining of that information how much can be used to predict threats to those three vectors. Threats to their people, threats to their assets, or threats to their online presence, whether that be their intellectual property or their brand. Uh, because if they go down because of a DDoS attack, obviously uh, not a good thing for a bank who conducts business primarily through the, through the web. So give me an example, without having to name anybody, of how an organization uses your threat intelligence for positive results. So, you know, specifically in the finance arena, there's been a huge uh, uptick in terms of DDoS uh, attacks. It's very uh, effective. Uh, it's easy to carry out, and I think it's the topic du jour for the last quarter, at least, as, as a lot of these big initiatives have gone down. What, what, what you typically see uh, in any type of attack is that there's a certain set of actors who are coordinating the attack, but they need support. What they'll do is they'll reach out, and essentially what they'll say to the community is, hey, look, I need your help in getting these individuals because of whatever particular concern that they might have. And when they're reaching out and inviting these folks, they've got to do it somewhat publicly. And at that point, we can say, hey, look, it looks like folks are coming in mass to come after you. At the end of the day, what we're doing is we're giving our clients and what they're looking for is even if it's a day heads up on a pending attack and specifically for DDoS, there's things that you can do to mitigate the risk. But just having the ability to let your people know, whether it's the marketing organization, whether it's the legal organization, the operational, and then the customer service organization, it's basically priming the pump to get them ready for the inevitable in a lot of cases. While the technical folks are trying to figure out how to mitigate it, uh, the other folks can be prepared. And just having you know, what we found 12 to 24-hour heads up on a pending attack, almost like a radar, uh, they've become tremendously more efficient in reacting to the problem and sustaining their operation uh, versus having to scramble and pulling key resources uh, for something that they weren't expecting. Makes sense. Now, you've been around forever, but everybody today is in the quote-unquote threat intelligence field. You've got lots of competition out there. One, I want to know how you distinguish yourself, but two, I'd like to hear about an idea that you have to sort of... uh, almost democratize the marketplace. Sure. So I think, you know, 
it's debatable on how much of a differentiator this is, but ultimately what Cybalance's business model is predicated on assigning specific analysts to our clients. Very personal touch and high touch. From an automation perspective, uh, it's overload. You can automate as much as you think you can, but it'll get you to, let's say, the five-yard line. To really get it to the prioritized uh, pieces of information that are actionable, in my opinion and our company's opinion, you need a human to do that. So our value prop is that the assignment of an analyst who understands the business requirements of our clients uh, is what differentiates us, and that's the feedback we get in that our clients ultimately say to Cybalance, look, it seems like you really understand what's important to us and you only give us what's important versus a lot of situations where we're getting automated information and frankly I don't have the resources to sift through it and figure out what's important. Now there are other companies that say that as well so what we've established is a need in the market for uh, trying to figure out how do we open up the overall intelligence market uh, to both buyers and sellers and create a, a mid kind of marketplace for smaller to mid-tier threat intelligence vendors, whether they be focused on fraud, let's say specifically around credit card, compromised credit card information, whether it be network traffic in, in terms of being able to analyze threat network traffic, whether it be, uh, let's say we talked about uh, DDoS attacks, there are companies that are out there that can tell you, hey look, this is when a pending attack is happening, or compromised IPs uh, that a lot of companies are interested in obtaining. What we find is there's lots of great companies out there, and we're one of many, so instead of trying to run around and compete with everyone, what we established is a marketplace, a threat marketplace. What it does is it helps out both sides of the equation. For the small folks that have some very compelling and rich information, it gives them an opportunity and a platform to be able to offer up their services to the, to the larger companies or even mid-tier companies that are interested in consuming the data. For the buyers, the interest there is it's just becoming overwhelming for them to interact with tens of vendors. So they would like an opportunity to just go to one place be able to essentially shop around, maybe try out some information, and ultimately be able to rate it and qualify whether or not this information is giving them the value that they're looking for and inform others uh, that this information was valuable to them so they can make their own buying decisions. So for us, what we found in the market is that the internet's not getting any smaller. The amount of vendors that are popping up and partners that are popping up with what I call threat intelligence, that that pool of folks are not getting any smaller. So what we found is that the creation of this marketplace is giving the sellers an opportunity to offer up their goods, but more importantly, the buyers that are bringing money to the table, give them a choice. Let them drive the pricing, let them drive the format, let them drive ultimately how they want to consume it. And this is a win-win for both sides, which is obviously any uh, recipe for a good thing in business. It's easy to see the win-win the, the for the customer, easy to see it for the smaller organization. How about for Cyvalence? So for Cyvalence, number one, we want to run the marketplace. Uh, so there's, there's a business model in that. So the other thing is we're a contributor to the marketplace. So not only would we look at running it, but we would be contributing it and ultimately setting up competition for ourselves because there's going to be other folks in there that do what we say we do, uh, that we're okay with that. What we want to do is basically run the marketplace uh, and expand it out, and we feel like there's a it's going to create a new market because we find that there's a lot of very small players out there that have some very compelling information and have not had the opportunity to expose that information uh, to a larger market share. So we're, we think at the end of the day there's going to be the typical two guys in a basement that have some phenomenal pieces of information that some of these banks, some of these healthcare companies, whatever the threat intelligence buyer might be, uh, have been looking for for years but didn't even know these folks existed. Now we're creating essentially a job opportunities for these small guys and we think there's a tremendous opportunity for this to grow. So really it's a farmer's market for threat intelligence and you're banking that you've got the best crops. That's right.
That's right. So the, the marketplace is fundamentally focused on bringing in solid vendors and partners into the marketplace. So as part to be able to join, you've got to pass a certain set of criteria. We don't want, as an example, someone who has great data, but the reason they got that data was because they steal people's laptops. So what we have is some type of code of conduct and an auditing capability to determine, hey, look, we want you in the marketplace, and ultimately the goal is to make the market rich. No different than the App Store. At the end of the day, uh, the more compelling the, the apps are within the App Store, that will provide the value to the buyer. So we're looking for smaller vendors, mid-tier vendors that might not have the aperture to be able to go out and attract the buyers. The buyers are coming in droves saying, administratively, this solves a big pain point for us. It's getting overwhelming with the amount of people that are coming to us with the latest uh, soup du jour of, of threat intel. Uh, if we have the ability to pick and choose and give us a menu, uh, it would really make our life easier in terms of making our jobs more effective and then on the procurement and contracting side, giving us the ability to just do this very quickly versus to taking seven months to get this information from a vendor. Scott, that's great insight. Thanks for taking time to speak with me this morning. I appreciate it, Tom. Thanks for the opportunity to talk.